0: Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond episode 636 of our weekly PlayStation show. I'm joined this week by Brian Altano.
1: Hey.
2: And Max Goville. Greetings and salutations, <laughs> fellow friends of the computer screen.
0: Uh, Lucy O'Brien unfortunately can't be with us this week because she is very busy on some projects and reviews and such that you'll hear about in the weeks to come. But before we jump into this full week's show, for the video version, if you're watching this and if you're listening to this episode, go online to watch this teaser. Uh, Our Bloodborne Let's Play isn't quite ready for a full episode reveal, but this week being the fifth anniversary of Bloodborne, we put together a little teaser for you. So let's roll that. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and I have a confession to make. I've never played Bloodborne. I know, I know, I do host IGN's PlayStation show, Podcast Beyond, but thankfully my co-hosts, Lucy O'Brien, Max Spielberg, and Brian Altano all love the game, so they're going to coach me through my first ever playthrough of Bloodborne. I'm already scared, but you should definitely stay tuned for our first episode.
2: Oh. Oh my god!
0: Hope you enjoyed that very brief sneak preview at the Let's Play we have coming. Uh, We recorded quite a bit a few weeks ago before we all went into our uh, shelter-in-place work-from-home modes, but it was a lot of fun to put together, and I think the episodes are going to turn out super, super well. We're just not quite ready to release it, especially because we don't know when we're going to record next, so we're going to figure that out first. But uh, we will be talking about Bloodborne more since it is the fifth anniversary of that game that I have maybe played a little bit now. But uh, before we jump into the news quickly, just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been joining in for the uh, live shows that we did last week. I think my dog is barking at the goose behind me, which is fun. Um, thank you for joining us if you watch along live or listening to them after the fact. Um, we hope you're all safe and well at home if you can be. Obviously, understand not everyone can be due to some work obligations whatnot, but we hope you're safe, we hope you're well, and we hope this show can bring you a little bit of fun over the weeks while we're all at home. So in the meantime, let's kick off with PlayStation news. The first thing I wanted to bring up is the breaking news that uh Brian you put into the run of show. The PlayStation huge, 5 huge. website updated.
1: That's yeah. right. I th- we're we're getting there baby. We're we're getting closer. Um lots of news there. Uh they confirmed that uh it's this their PlayStation 5 is going to definitely still be the PlayStation 5 and the year is still going to be 2020. So back to you, back to you, Jonathan.
2: (laughs) What a thrill. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, this is, this is like the most, this was the most like nothing update, but it's something because it's like, all of this is building towards something, hopefully hypothetically eventually. And so even something this tiny and minute is hope that uh, they're putting the microphone on a little bit and that we're hopefully going to start getting more and more and more until then it's not it's that it's that gif of it's like it's nothing <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was a uh, weird, funny thing. We actually had that story pop up in uh, our internal Slack that we were talking about for news. And people were like, should we write this up? Because they vaguely updated the text on the PS5 website. But that's that's the level of PS5 news we have right now. Um, I did want to mention sort of the one substantial actual bit of PS5 news we got in between shows. Uh, of course, we covered Mark Cerny's in-depth uh, tech talk about the PS5 from last week that was originally meant to be a GDC talk. So if you didn't check out that episode, You can go listen to last week's to figure out all our thoughts on that uh, very complex discussion. But after the fact, Sony updated their PlayStation blog post about this, not once but twice, to clarify some of the backward compatibility confusion that stemmed from Cerny's discussion. What was
2: unclear about Mark Cerny's 50-minute long explanation? (laughs) What could possibly leave room for clarification?
0: Of course, no. It was very buttoned up and to the point and nothing uncertain for fans. Uh, No, there was some scuttlebutt that we were even having internally about whether or not Cerny was discussing the fact that all of the PS4's library would be backward compatible and only 100 games would be available at launch, or if only 100 games would be available in the PS5's boost mode from PS4, or some other combination of maybe we'll only actually get to play 20 games backward compatible. Uh, The update that the PlayStation blog actually put out was... With all of the amazing games in PS4's catalog, we've devoted significant efforts to enable our fans to play their favorites on PS5. We believe that the overwhelming majority of the 4,000 PS4 titles will be playable on PS5. We're expecting backward compatible titles will run at a boosted frequency on PS5 so that they can benefit from higher or more stable frame rates and potentially higher resolutions. We're currently evaluating games on a title-by-title basis to spot any issues that need adjustment from the original software developers. In his presentation, Mark Sony provided a snapshot into the top 100 most played PS4 titles, demonstrating how well our backward compatibility efforts are going. We have already tested hundreds of titles and are preparing to test thousands more as we move toward launch. We will provide updates on backward compatibility, along with much more PS5 news in the months ahead. Stay tuned.
1: So So, uh, that's kind of worrisome, honestly. Like We dug into it a little bit last week, but it it sort of makes me think that... uh, that fans are going to be finding problems in these games that weren't caught initially by Sony's in-house developers and testers. Because if they're going through on a case-by-case basis, I don't know if that's how the Xbox hardware works, because their message was very clear of just like, all the old games work here now. Whereas on PlayStation, they're like, well, we. it seems like they basically prioritize the most played ones the most popular ones uh which is good it's a good start um and definitely better than the complete lack of backwards compatibility we've had on ps4 but um it makes it seem like to me you're going to play some like you know sort of niche game two years from now and find a bunch of technical hiccups in it and then you're going to ask them to patch them out and they're going to say like we don't we can't justify the time and resources to do that. Like I have the PlayStation now app. I don't know where I don't, I might've stuck that in the folder that might be just like pushed all the way down the train from all the games I've been playing before it. Um, Cause it's something I don't really use a lot, but it's also like they they've changed up the languaging on that a little bit. When it started, it was just like a streaming thing. And now you can download some games. And so I think they yeah. really need to scream that from the rooftop too. And not just for people like us and people who listen to the show, but like, you know, consumer carl or whatever like the the guy that walks into a store yeah
0: i i mean like right now you can download ps4 and ps2 games and play them offline and that's not really a thing that i think they're shouting about enough because i've thought about man i would love to you know revisit some ps2 games i don't have the chance to i can i guess download these remasters of the final fantasy games when they're on sale but game pass is going to get literally every remastered final fantasy game from the past like two generations so why wouldn't i just wait to go play it there
1: Um, right right. i
0: think they need to be boasting what they have more and it they almost seem like reticent and scared to talk about the good things they have until i
2: think also just like naming wise they're like playstation now playstation view playstation plus and psn are all sort of like they're they all sound kind of the same they all have blue logos of various shapes and there's just you know that little logo in there and game pass is like it's like a glowing neon sign with like arrows shooting around it and it like it, it, it rolls off the tongue. It's totally straightforward and self-explanatory. And like, I don't, I don't know what Sony's version of that is. You know. Also,
0: have well, you guys seen the Xbox Game Pass Twitter account?
2: No, is it super lewd?
0: It, it's like a meme posting account. Like it is really? a, it, it's like a weird teen hip account, but it's also like very positive and tries to like be nice to everyone. And it weirdly works as like a social voice, but it's specifically just for Game Pass. Um, okay like, they're at least trying to build a voice for it whereas yeah like you're saying yeah playstation stuff just kind of bleeds together
2: not only is it great value it's got an online personality as well come it's for the cool game team. stay stay for the humor and the kindness the vibes as it's known uh, can't wait till ps now is on tiktok oh <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but yeah uh jumping a little bit into that because obviously we can say about uh playstation services until they tell us more about ps5 what do you guys think about the if those two games turn out to be the playstation plus uh lineup for next month
1: i think it's great um i was i'm not like uncharted 4 is not my favorite uncharted but people are stuck inside right now and giving them like a gorgeous like swashbuckling 22 hour 4k video game is like a pretty good look that's like one of their flagship first party titles it's one of the sort of defining titles of Of this console generation for playstation and so like that's huge you know
2: my gut reaction was
1: was like they're opening the door here to like put this on pc eventually but
2: i was kind (laughs) of itching to replay that anyway and i honestly you know like in spite of having this big robust library of digital games i oftentimes can't remember like did i borrow a physical copy of that and i've totally done that thing where i'm like i'm gonna play one of my favorite games ever metal gear solid five and i'm like ah, crap, I gave that to somebody. And I'm like, what do I what do? I do? <laughs> like, I, li- I don't know if I have Uncharted 4 or not. And I was like, totally itching to replay that partially because I want to see how good it looks on my new TV. And there was that, um, there was that Kotaku article about Last of Us 2 Crunch. And Jason Schreier was like, buy my book, but also here's some tidbits about like the detail in Uncharted 4. And I was like, they did work very hard on that game. I want to shoot the rice bag and see rice come out of it. Like I want, there's all these details in there that I didn't mess with. Like I, I'm kind of, I don't know. But as far as that being the full lineup of like, you know, something I, what is it like 60 bucks a year?
0: I, I think right now it's 60. Yeah. That's a, I yeah. mean, that's,
2: that's a dirt rally, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Get rowdy. Yeah. Cars. No. No,
0: it, it, sorry, Brian, go ahead. No, that's it. A- I was just gonna say it's funny how the yeah I was gonna say it's funny how the conversation for PlayStation Plus from like I don't know even a year or two ago there was that month where it was like Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank and four other games but it was like oh my God this is amazing we have all this stuff in March on top of all the great games coming I think that was 2017 or which was a great year anyway or I mean they were
2: they, they launched Rocket League on there yeah they launched you, uh, what was Ali Ali that skateboarding game and it was on yeah. like two Ooh, it was on think, like three different platforms yeah. when it came out. Like I I don't know, it's I I think it's good that they're having like AAA stuff, but at the same time, when it launched, it was like, hey, here's something for your Vita, your PS3, and your PS4, and then gradually two of those things kind of dried up, and they were like, here's a a thing, maybe maybe two things for your for your thing (laughs) that you're using still. I don't know why they're not putting smaller PSVR games on there if they're trying to support that system at all.
0: Yeah, especially leading up to an inevitable PSVR two, just give people free games, but yeah i I don't want to miss the irony of it because i was just thinking about it that like they're not putting as many resources into this while xbox is into xbox live and game pass but they used to be because they were the ones who were in second place or they were the ones needing to prove themselves and like playstation plus was a great way to engender goodwill with audiences um that they kind of have just kind of let go by the wayside
1: well yeah in terms of like backwards compatibility in general like sony's gone on Multiple times to be like it's not really a priority and also outright stating that it's something that like people want but that they don't actually really use um which i don't necessarily agree with like i think that like maybe let the consumer decide that like i think it's like i didn't use backwards compatibility on my ps4 because they didn't put it there really and so like this is This entire generation, maybe I would have been playing PS2 games or PS3 games, but I didn't really have that option. And so um, I do think that there's like there's like in lieu of like proper backwards compatibility, I think that like putting out collections and stuff like that works really well. But we didn't really even see a ton of those Um, companies like Capcom and Konami are good with stuff like that, you know, Uh, Square Enix as well. But you don't really see you don't see that all the time. And so yeah, I, I would just like all I would just like everything in one place. um, I think that I think that they're ramping up. I think they'll figure out a way to get the messaging across. I think it's just been sort of like the way they've been trickling out news this year or lack thereof has been frustrating to say the least. Um, and I really do hope that all of this gets sort of laser beamed into one specific spot soon, and we get to start drumming up some significant excitement for this. Um, I'm still. Like of the mindset that I don't really know if next gen's gonna happen in this in the in the same time frame, like everything feels weird. this like they just announced this morning that uh Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four got moved to August, and I still can't picture going to a movie theater in August based on the current you know, climate of what we're living in. Um, Nor can I picture going to a midnight launch for a console hardware at Best Buy mm-hmm. this fall. I mean, maybe things will be like miraculously better, but I think that like there's, just, there's so many, there's so much involved with all of it. I also like, not to get dark, but I think I'm kind of anticipating a bunch of 2020's biggest games will get delayed, which is weird because a lot of them already were. Um, I I can't imagine, like just to show you on a microcosmic level of what it's been like for us as like a, a video company over the, like the last week to suddenly pivot to have everybody working from home on their individual internet setups, on their on their home laptops and stuff like that, we are not making a 4K 60 frames per second open world video game at IGN. We are making radio shows with webcams. And so even that has had enough technical hurdles to frustrate all of us to some degree. And this is not really me saying this to, proclaim that we have it hard because we don't we're lucky to even be working but there are a lot of developers that went from working on you know basically like perfectly lit 4k monitors running on giant engines and um you know uh working in animation studios and uh mocapping and working with sound designers and now they're remote desktopping into their companies and when you do when you
2: do performance capture for a cutscene, you don't do you don't do each individual character separately and then comp them together, like maybe a little bit, but for the most part, that's a bunch of people in ping pong ball suits in a giant room. Like yeah.
1: And so you, yeah. you,
0: you Try gotta, Baker's you gotta, gotta it must be a nightmare.
1: I totally agree. I I think that like, I think that like anything that we were anticipating to get released this spring will probably still be on track. I think a lot of that stuff is mostly just in, in QA at this point, but anything that was like looking for like summer or fall, it, it probably still needs a few nuts and bolts. I mean, so many problems can arise and without having everybody in the room to sort of target them and grab them at the same time. Like, I mean, you have the like, again, not to, not to talk about us, but if you look at the way we were, Max and I last Monday went into the office to shoot a video. No one was in the office. We left early that afternoon. They essentially announced shelter in place for our entire city, which was then followed by our entire state. And so we basically did like a Nickelodeon toy run for our chargers and mice and cables and went home and that was it. And I think a lot of developers, they don't, they're not working with home computer software. They're not working with technology in the same way that they have in the office. They don't have sound booths. They don't have, most people don't have this kind of stuff at home. I, this is a, this is a, this is my, like one of my shelves I have in my living room that I just dragged to the center of the room and cover in toys in the morning to build a fake set and then tear apart at the end of the day. So my kid doesn't knock it over. Like, I really think that video games are going to get delayed this year. I think that like big ones, like I don't know about The Last of Us. I don't know about Ghost of Tsushima, but I think that, like, I, apparently CD Projekt Red has been able to pivot and work from home based on what, what they're saying. But, like, that remains gonna, to be seen, honestly.
0: It's going to be really studio by studio, uh, case by case basis, I think, that we're going to see. And I, I agree that the video game industry hasn't, like, quite seen the impact of it yet, but I think will. Yeah. Um, and i think we'll but we'll see it in ways that we don't even know like there are the reality of it is there are games that are going to be coming out this fall that have not been announced yeah and you know major companies don't have much on the slate and we know that like ubisoft has watchdogs legion rainbow six quarantine and um gods and monsters that are set for some debut allegedly in later 2020 we don't know if those will move we don't know if they have any other games i mean everyone's expecting an unannounced
2: you, know, like also, you, uh, you think you think a game called quarantine is going to sell a lot yeah, probably
0: not yeah i no. can't imagine what that rainbow six team is. they're probably like hey let's go back to siege and
2: yeah put in yeah, new yeah. Uh, operators operators and that's kind of like a quarantine you know yeah. you're under siege you're just like there's quarantine but people outside want to kill you
0: yeah yeah that's yeah you pretty much nailed it um yeah, yeah jonathan I, I think scene. you're
1: totally right like it's it's the games that we don't know about yet it's the launch games it's like the flagship launch titles for ps5 and xbox series x that haven't been revealed that we haven't seen that we have no understanding of that are deep in development right now um that are that we're
2: anticipating
1: this this year to work on them yeah
2: Yeah. so that's why backward
1: compatibility is gonna really matter
2: anecdotally (laughs) one of the one of the sort of hurdles i've been dealing with is I'm, i'm still making videos on my laptop from when i started at ign five years ago and i was supposed to get an upgrade from the it department but i kept putting that off and then this all happened and i emailed the guy and i was like any chance you guys could give me a new computer and it was like we were waiting uh, we we're gonna wait a couple months for that anyway but like i heard from apple that there may be like supply interruptions due to this all this happening and that's you know that's for that's for a known quantity like a you know a macbook like they, that those are things that theoretically are off the shelf but like i mean chinese factories have been shutting down like there's people have not been working no nobody on the planet for the most part has been working their normal schedule and that's that's going to affect things you know yeah yeah right i mean
1: there's you also you also have companies like amazon are specifically not um stocking or shipping what are deemed to be non-essential items now obviously amazon is, is silly so there's a lot of crap in there that you know falls to the wayside of these, of these compartments that they've deemed essential. But uh, if these consoles were to launch this month, I don't think that would be something you'd be able to purchase. Like, I think even getting, like there are stuff like Nintendo Switch right now is sold out everywhere to the point that it's being uh, upcharged upwards to $500 or more because second, second party or secondhand markets have jumped on uh, a need for this and I don't know if that's coinciding with sort of like a, a pause in production, but for whatever reason, this is a, this is a immensely popular current gen video game hardware that is essentially impossible to buy for retail price right now without getting completely gouged or ripped off. And even then, like you're buying secondhand through somebody that's maybe been coughing on it all day. Who knows? I mean,
2: remember when, uh, there was, there was like a shortage of a certain amiibo a couple of years ago because it, uh, one shipping container fell into the ocean. Do you remember that? Did it, I dream
1: um, of that? No, 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 it was, um, it was, uh, I think it got robbed actually. Oh yeah. It was like a, a gigantic, I think it was like a Taiwanese shipping boat got robbed. Good God. Um, which probably sucked for the robbers. Cause they were probably looking for like phones and they got like Rosalina.
2: Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that, that was totally a thing where they were like, it was, it was like a specific shipment that got disrupted. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it, like a, yeah. it's a very large boat, but that is one boat, you know, we're looking yeah. at yeah the Everything. entire industry, yeah. yeah. So I be... know, you
0: do got kind of to know that the one was like super excited and was like, yeah. Oh man, I've been missing those. Im- <laughs> um,
1: he was like, My I kid did- loves Frozen,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be very interesting too. I like, I think we're going to be unpacking this stuff a lot, even once we're all back in the office and back in the studio recording normal episodes. Like, I do think we're going to be talking about the effects of this for months, if not years to come. Um, yeah. And, It's going to be very interesting to have those conversations, Uh, but to move on to something that I think we can talk about a little more substantive, at least for the moment, is a game that you both have already played. Max, you, you know, not quite to the end of it yet, but you're getting there, and I've maybe played a little bit because, as we're recording today, it is the fifth anniversary of Bloodborne, and so I am deeming Bloodborne conversation allowed before the end of the episode. Um, Of course, like I mentioned at the beginning, we started our Let's Play series. I... Have played a bit of the game, and I won't say up to what or how far we. Any times I don't want to spoil any of that stuff. I will say just to give a top-down overview. I really, really loved what I played so far. I'm getting why you guys love this game so much. Have you have you jumped back in because
2: we we left that weekend and you were like, oh, I'll just I'll grind a little bit or I'll explore, but like now it's like don't do that. Don't go too far. Yeah,
0: I did for that weekend and then stopped and honestly haven't gone back since, and it's been tough. But I really don't want to like ruin what we can record. Did it, the get, game the, game. So, did it get the hooks in you? It did. I oh. That weekend, my, my girlfriend was actually gone that weekend. And so it was one of those things where I was like, oh, there's a new game coming out this week. I should probably play it. I'm just going to play four more hours of grinding and bloodboard and just getting used to this whole environment. And I found like one or two side areas and fought like a giant rat in a sewer and was like, oh, this right. is interesting. And so I'm, yeah, I, I've had that urge to go back and I've been fighting it, which has been tough, especially since we're home now. But um yeah it's it,
1: got it that... little... Go ahead. No, I was I was gonna say it's got it's got that sort of thing where you when when you see a, a like a screenshot of it, it makes you want to jump back into it, which like very very few games make me do that. Um stuff like Win like if I see a screenshot of Wind Waker, I'm like yeah. I wanna be in that boat, you know? Same with like something like Ocarina of Time, Resident Evil 4, even like Tetris, you're like, I want to be playing that right now. I um, wanna be
0: with those bricks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, no, so I really, really enjoyed my have been fighting the urge to go back to it, but I did wanna obviously um with this being the fifth anniversary, because I have noticed obviously a lot of our audience has either jumped in because of the Let's Play series we're doing or has been like, I'm so excited to see you guys be playing through this. And I, I did want to ask Max, where have you gotten to since
2: we last spoke a bit so in detail about it? I'm like I'm ba- I'm mm, I'm basically done. I have a bit so the whole thing is you get to the end of that game and there's a point where basically there's there's like maybe one or two bosses depending on what you do. And I've been I've been sort of looking at, you know, you know, exploring on my own and getting surprised by stuff, but occasionally checking out wikis to be like, you don't want to mess anything or mess anything up. Um and one big thing that's really weird and confusing is that uh when you finish the game, you automatically get kicked in a new game plus. And the DLC, the old hunters, is uh incredibly difficult under normal circumstances, but under new game plus people are just like, I can't, you know, I'm except for Brian who's done it like three and a half times or whatever, but uh, I I was pretty much like, you know what? I really want to experience this. So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to grind and mess around. And so I've gotten, uh, I've gone all the way through the DLC and then there's two bosses in that, which I can't get past. So I have four, four bosses total that I need to fight and then I will have done all the things. And then there's there's the chalice dungeons which don't scale with new game plus, so I'm totally okay with saving those mm-hmm. for later. Um, but like, it's it's weird to be like the end is is that close. It's just yeah, it's it's that close. But there's four gigantic men who want to kill me standing <laughs> in that in that small space. So like, uh, I don't know. It's I God, I love it so dearly. Um, does it does it feel weird to be like?
0: Are you one of those people who's like I I don't want it to end. Like, are you gonna? Try- stave off fighting these bosses or beating them because you don't want Uh, or does that not matter as much to you because you can jump back i
2: i don't i don't platinum games i kind of want to platinum this game uh and it's like definitely doable like i was kind of counting the trophies and i was like well that's that's that that's that i actually i was like oh i could i just have one more thing for that and i went and did it i was like bing and i was like okay well that's only five things left to do uh and it's like there's a platinum for the main game but not for the dlc and i'm yeah. like i kind of want i kind of like i've seen all the dlc i've seen all the stuff in there i don't really need to i don't really need to fight the awful awful bad boys that are still left yeah you do do i i guess i do yeah it's super yeah, yeah, you do it's not easy but come it's, it, come it's into completely my game. come into my game and come help i, I can come do that like a ring ding, ding ding and come in there and kick their asses for me <laughs>
1: Um, which um, which fruit did your town get? I got peaches.
2: <laughs> I got blood apples. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, um, I was thinking about how I believe I played... Blood- the first time I ever played Bloodborne was at TGS 2014.
2: Oh, God, really?
1: Yeah. Wow. And so there was a PlayStation booth. That was also the first time I ever did PSVR. And so TGS is already... Uh, a delirious show as a non-japanese speaking english american guy who you know flew across the country or flew across the world is jet lagged and is basically covering uh an international trade show in a a different language and also like navigating a foreign culture and stuff like that and i remember sitting down and being like what is this and they're like oh it's like a the in, all in japanese and there's like a little you know placard that says like oh the from soft's new uh horror game and i was like oh interesting and i remember like playing and in my brain it's like a different street but it's like a variation of the first street with 50 dudes and i remember just like being like what the f- what is this like everything is horrible and screaming at me and wet and i remember just like like i had the biggest smile on my face and i'm just like running full speed down the street and trying to navigate all this stuff and i died like almost instantly got kicked to what at the time was like a four minute uh loading screen and then kind of got up and was like that that was awesome what what was that
2: (laughs) well then you i remember when it came out like we have a we have a video from like this from this very show where like you you kind of noped out like you weren't into it and then you went back and i did the same thing like you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of uh when you it reminds me of dating somebody That you you've known for a long time, but when you first met them, you were like not into them. Mm -hmm. Like like I remember like I don't know like people I people I dated like after high school and being like oh god I totally remember you in high school, that's weird (laughs) you know like that's just it's like it's a completely I remember reading like Brandon Tyrell's like preview of Bloodborne and he's yeah the first street is really it's very hard you go in there and it it just beats your ass and you really got to learn how to be very good at it I was I'm not playing that game I suck at games I don't want to I don't want (laughs) to get good at this game and now I'm like. I don't want to play other games because I like this one too much. I don't know. It's it's such a just, I started reading a bunch of HP Lovecraft um, because I wanted to kind of dig into it. And it's amazing how, like, first of all, that game is really good at borrowing elements and ideas, but being transformative with them. And it's funny reading Lovecraft because I'm like, oh, that's totally where this came from. But right. like Bloodborne did it it's kind of cool little remix i mean it's what you know it's what like tarantino does but um there's some like what like the there are some specific like call outs that are so just just dead on like and i was like oh you managed to like interpret you know this text from 1927 or whatever and and turn it into an action video game which is like Mm -hmm. so it's i like it so much more than i think honestly the, the the translation of things in books into a game is so much more exciting to me than seeing like let's turn this game into a movie or let's turn this comic book into a movie because you're taking the most like simple concept of just arranging words into something that someone's imagination has to conjure up and then creating a, an interactive space based on that. Like, I don't you know also don't already,
1: you you don't have like a visual identity to on rel- already established, uh, nor do you have like something storyboarded. Like, it, it, so no one's sitting there being like, that's wrong. Like when they, um, when when they first showed off like the Witcher TV show and everybody was like it doesn't that's not how it's supposed to be in the game and they're like it's based on the books and then the conversation died down a little bit um that's all it took but yeah I, I totally agree like same deal um,
2: but like conversely like reading the reading the Witcher books they're kind of after playing the game there are things in there where you're like oh that one sentence got turned into a mechanic right but there's a part yeah. where like oh he started putting you know necrophage oil on his silver blade to go fight vampires or whatever and it's like oh you made that into like that's a thing you do in a menu and then it's a meter on your screen it's like Mm -hmm. yeah but uh i don't know sorry go
0: ahead oh no you're good i was i was just gonna say yeah even the small bits of it i've seen like obviously eldritch (laughs) horror is something that isn't (laughs) is in other games and is present and adapted in games and movies and everything. But why do you guys feel like the world of Bloodborne has been so and so memorable to people? This generation is like still something we talk about is so idiosyncratic outside of most other games.
1: I mean, the thing, the thing that I always say is that it, it, it feels like an actual place in that um, uh, things are placed accordingly to the way they sort of would be in real life. And I don't mean monsters and stuff like that. I mean, like, doorways and and like leaves and stuff sort of just like thrown up against a wall and you know like metal pushed in a corner like you know mangled crates and stuff like that just the way the the pots and just like everything about the game feels like an actual like somebody painstakingly created an actual space uh based on a real environment or something lived in um it's also it's it's a sort of consistently haunting game that um, nudges you to become more and more powerful in it and understand it and learn it more. And so it, it does this amazing thing that even the most skilled expert players that they are consistently still caught by surprise by things uh, or they forget about a jump scare or they forget about a certain attack, a transformation. Um, it's also can be played and approached in so many different ways every single time someone's playing it like i love god of war it's one of my favorite games of all time there's there's tons of customization in that game but it's ultimately still mostly about you know kratos and his son traversing from start to finish through the story and like you'll you'll check out screenshots of bloodborne where a character is holding a weapon you didn't know existed wearing a costume you didn't know you could wear um and doing fighting an enemy in a way you didn't even think was possible. And I I think it's that sort of like, like intangible combination of things that uh, all come together to create something that um, is, is really unlike anything else. And I, it's, I talked about it early this year. I went like looking for more games to scratch that itch and I played a bunch and ultimately settled back on Bloodborne because it was like, I was like in a weird dark funk this year. I felt like, I started off the year being like maybe instead of just like forcing myself to go head first into a bunch of creative projects I can just sort of take it easy and relax and then started feeling guilty about that and I was like well I need I need something like I need to I need to do something I need to feel like I'm doing something. Um, and then jumped into Bloodborne and just kept going and going and going and then realizing like, oh, there's all this parts of this I haven't seen or haven't done. And there's all this lore and there's, you know, and it, it got me reading Junji Ito and then, you know, Max is reading Lovecraft and like it, 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 it got, it reconnected me with a bunch of like horror movies that I was, you know, probably going to watch anyway, but still it gave me a good sort of basis. <laughs> and then I platinum it and all, all of a sudden I was like, you know, like this is, this is pretty much the the best way to, experience video games this year was like to drag me out of this funk max and i did a video years ago for up at noon about like how max used the game to sort of battle depression and see seasonal depression and anxiety and stuff like that and i think there's something there like i think it's it's punishing and brutal but when you kick its ass it's so damn rewarding and it's 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 so it's so cool like it just feels so awesome
2: yeah there's something about first of all it's absolutely it's a horrible place to go so if you're in like a bad if you're in bad spirits normally and you get in there and it's just things are shrieking at you and it's it's just god awful and you're like you kind of come out of it and you're like ah, it could be it could be worse um <laughs> but yeah it's i i i mean it i like it in the same way that i like spicy food or just things with strong like scotch you know like things with those strong flavors where you're just like oh what is that what's going on there and it's like, um i don't know it's, it's as far as what makes it special like the environment is definitely uh kind of c- complex and it folds in on itself in a way that is simultaneously video gamey but also believable but what i love about how it tells its own story is that it is uh it's it's brief like it is brevity is the soul of wit as the saying goes and even like there are you know there are notes scattered around but in every other game it's like it's a whole email chain you got to read, or it's like, Oh, you've got to collect all of the voice recordings. And it's some guys being like, Oh, I don't know if I'm feeling well. And you got to hear this guy like yammer on. And it's like, that's, that's great. But that's like, not really, that's not really good storytelling. Like the amount of things that are in, that are the amount of things you can kind of learn about Bloodborne by just kind of like observing the world around you, which you should be doing because there's inevitably going to be 15 things around every corner that will kick your ass in a heartbeat. But to have this, to have this like this brevity and this nuance, where you pick up like a small note and it's like it looks like a haiku or a tweet, and you're like, "The hell are they talking about?" And it leaves you with a question. It doesn't just over-explain itself to you. It doesn't just. It's not just the entire notes of world building just splattered out there. It's yeah, you know, and it's. um, I think also like it manages to never devalue itself. Um, Like when you find a collectible in that game or like an item, it. you you cherish it you know and you can you know it can be like a regular thing like a blood vial or something but there'll be this little little glowing thing on your map and you're like oh i should go see what that is and you pick it up and you're like well i needed this you know and it's like it it it, it makes you always you know double check that you know you it it could be like a pair of pants or like a hat you know or maybe it's like a saw blade that turns into a a hammer or whatever and you're like okay well i'm glad i came down this weird roundabout path to this little glowing thing i saw in the distance and it's it, it just from moment to moment stuff like that like there are definitely parts where it kind of like, it it does sort of bottleneck and it can be a little bit a little bit tedious. But in all of the moment-to-moment things of going from just, I've never had so much like you know grat- gratification of like opening a door in a game, like the the process of just of flipping a lever and then going around a corner and being like, I just found a shortcut. Like I see where I am now, which is something Did that you- I I think you have that in 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 real life where you if you go. You know, if you take like, if you get lost in a weird neighborhood you don't know and you take like a bunch of weird turns and you come out and you suddenly know where you are and you're like, oh, I'm over here. That's where it is. Um,
1: Yeah. Aside from even just the the reward of like opening a shortcut, there are physical doors in that game where the hunter puts his hands or her hands on them and pushes and they just like creak and dust falls out and it takes, it takes a minute. And it's like, it's awesome. It opens up, it opens up this vista to something new. It's also a, uh, a, specifically interesting game right now because it is about uh essentially a plague that is forcing people indoors and by traversing these towns and and cities and places that are mostly abandoned um you hear people coughing and you hear like people clearing their throats and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that that like um we're on kind of high alert for right now, and so maybe it's not the escapism you're looking for specifically, but I do think it's oddly prescient that like this is the five year anniversary of this game. and um almost to the day, and here we are, you know,
2: like mm. we yeah, don't have yeah. any like special blood to make us better at kicking ass, though, not yet. No. Maybe we will
0: We'll get there. That's what we that don't movie have wolves
1: everywhere either, right?
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: I'm just going to glue a bunch of farm equipment together. I'm going to make a leaf rake that turns into a snow shovel. It's going to be badass. So yeah, happy
0: dying. birthday, Bloodborne. Yeah. It's the next year with the Let's Play series, but uh, we'll get to that soon enough, I promise. But uh, I'm very excited to jump in, Brian. Like It scratches a specific itch. Not being able to scratch that itch has been really tough. but i'm excited to go back to it
1: it's also and i don't want to spoil too much you're good at it like you're (laughs) you had us you had us like clapping and cheering because it was you you were you're legit good at that game and that's uh that's really cool to see like appreciate it. it's i was not that i was expecting you would be bad at the game but the game's just incredibly hard and so it could go either way and watching you jump in and sort of just like Pick it up pretty quickly. And, and, uh, like once you start, once you start pulling off like dodge rolls and stuff like that, I was like, this is, this is exactly what I'm looking for right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was also a lot of fun. Oh,
1: yeah. I wanted to give a quick shout out to, uh, you can, we actually don't eat pizza in the video, but Escape from New York's the company that, uh, uh, we got pizza for the video and they have been sending pizza to healthcare workers all over the Bay Area ever since this COVID thing started. And so uh, you probably won't make it out of here for a long time because um, traveling's down and Airbnb is basically non-existent and hotels are closed. But uh, if you ever make it to the Bay Area and you're looking for some East Coast style pizza, uh, those guys do good work and mm-hmm. they're doing wonderful stuff for healthcare professionals right now. So shout out to them.
2: And they're named after the movie that inspired Solid Snake.
1: Yeah. See, there it is. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's actually that's kind of a fitting. That's like a fitting pizza brand to be eating on a bloodborne because that's also about somebody going into a weird city where things have gone sideways and a lot of things try to kill yep
0: it's it's perfect and hopefully we'll be eating it yeah all the episodes to come um yeah before we wrap up I did want to ask max uh before we recorded the you'd mentioned you had a beyond dream
2: oh yeah this is incredibly weird i've we, we were talking about this before we started recording that none of are sleeping very well because it's nightmare scenario out there uh but i had like e3 is canceled but apparently e3 stress dreams are not and my <laughs> subconscious did not know about that so i had this bizarre incredibly vivid dream that jonathan you and i were uh recording videos at e3 uh and we were shooting in this like you know that what's that like weird dream room from like uh from twin peaks with like uh, the, the red curtains or yeah yeah. That's that's like the persona yeah. one, the velvet. Yeah, yeah, the
0: velvet room. I'm I'm mixing all my names.
2: We were but basically yeah, I... in like a like a lower budget version of that, like which somewhere between that and like a hotel banquet room, but with like weird, gaudy blood-red drapes. And we were shooting a, a video together, like a convo, and the video was supposed to be um it was for Beyond, and it was supposed to be which <laughs> which PlayStation game do you want either a reboot or a sequel to? That doesn't have the letter O in the title, <laughs> and I was like Metal Gear saw so- Oh, Metal Gear oh. Solid as an O. And then I was like, Aha! Uncharted, Metal, Metal Gear. Yeah, well, I mean, it, like that would. I mean, it, you know, it was. Just, and then I was like, Ape Escape. I, that was what I was gonna say. Yeah, right. Oh, so, yeah, then, but then we got we got interrupted, and somebody was watching the somebody, it was, Someone was watching the video, and they were like, uh, Actually. Uh, this video was sponsored by ape escape and they're announcing a new ape escape. So uh, can you do a different one? And I was like, I was like, we're not supposed to know that. That's great. So I hope, I mean, you know, that's not a nightmare. That sounds like a fun time. We had to, we had to keep recording it though. It was, everything was going wrong. The mics were broken. I don't don't know.
0: Daxter yeah uh, uh, that's like
2: a really stupid prompt because like most video game titles don't have o's in them or it, it's easy to think of one that that doesn't you know
1: i would uh i would love if we're allowed to to fly to the la convention center in june and just like host a video in front of it and be like e3 is here and it's <laughs> <laughs> what uh let's take a look inside and he goes it's just a giant Wow, um, there's uh, not not a lot of... Oh.
2: Should, I don't I, think I really, they'll let us do that. I'd love to do like 28 Days Later E3 edition where it's just like waking up and going to LA Convention Center and there's just nothing there. And it's like, where are all, where are all the games? <laughs> where are they?
0: You know there's still going to be a real gamer shirt though on sale in that convention, even though we all won't be there. Oh.
1: You know what we should do uh, for E3 this year that we did well, I guess this won't work for PlayStation. But last year we did like live reactions to the press conferences from the year before for like Microsoft and Xbox or Microsoft and Nintendo. I wonder if there's there something we can do. Like if we, it'd be cool if we like, if we did like commentary over like a classic PlayStation A3, like mm-hmm. the one where they just like legit knocked it out of the park. Like the really, really awesome one with God of War from a couple years ago.
0: I mean, honestly, every, like this would be, you know, several, let us know in the comments if you want to do this at some point. But honestly, every um, presentation from this generation, good and bad, is worth looking back on because yep. they were all so important or strange or impactful in certain ways. Like that God of War one, like the strange final one they did, like the original here's how you trade games, like all of them, the Final Fantasy VII remake reveal, all of them have been important in a different way.
1: Yep, and I'm sure there's a bunch of them that had details in them that never actually came to fruition. Like I always talk about Max and I watched the uh, the Nintendo 3DS reveal video where Reggie Fils-Aime yeah. was like. To watch the movie Avatar, you have to get expensive sunglasses and spend $17 on a ticket, but soon you'll be able to watch it on a 3DS. And like 3D movies never came to 3DS. Like, yeah. I want to go back to the beginning of this generation and see what sort of like stuff that they were talking about that they would, were promising would be the next big thing. I feel like with Sony, a lot of it, they kind of stuck the landing on a lot of stuff. You know, was Wonder Swan this gen or uh, Wonderbook? Oh, Wonder Book? that this Buck? generation? Yeah. Ooh, nah. what, did that,
2: what did that follow? I can't remember. That came, like, like that came in a press conference right after something where everyone was totally hyped. And then yeah. it was just, great news, everyone. You can now read a book with your PlayStation Move controllers and J.K. Rowling's in there. Yep.
1: I'm um, going to look it like, up.
2: I, like, I mean, we can theoretically just stream those, right? Because they're not like, yeah, it's yeah. Not like a copyrighted. We should do like Mystery Science E3 or something.
1: Yeah, that's a yeah. great idea. I'd be down yeah, for that. Let's... Let us
0: know. Oh, yeah. I don't... Go ahead.
1: No, let's let's watch some classic PlayStation E three stuff and do commentary over because we're not getting an E three this year and we sure as hell aren't getting a PlayStation three. So. Extreme.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm down to do. I guess we've made a. Ver-
2: yeah, I mean, I like that. I just we throw an idea out there into the ether and people are like, do it, you know.
0: Yeah. Um So yeah, let us know in the comments if you want us to do that, and also let us know what PlayStation franchise without series.
2: I don't know. It's uncharted. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, it's got to be uncharted. What about? A... Uh, we'll... Go ahead.
2: No, in in Europe, it's actually uncharted. It's spelled O U.
0: <laughs> oh, with that joke, I think we'll wrap it up. Briefly, just to our segment time uh memory card memory card of course is our weekly segment where you the viewers and listeners that write in your funny weird wacky strange whatever memories of your playstation and gaming life in general we read them on the show we have a lot of great ones but please keep sending them to beyond at ign.com with the subject line memory card and we'll read them on the show each week uh, if you guys have read this one on a show it wasn't on stop me but this one comes from Christopher who wrote in and said beyond Uh, So I finally finished school and got a big boy job in my field of study. I was still living at home with my mom, dad, and two brothers. I had good company and free food. It was a good setup. That summer, though, my parents decided to leave me and my older brother home a few weeks while they went on vacation with my little brother. And what does a young adult do in this situation? That's right. He buys a PS3 and Metal Gear Solid 4. I had been waiting on a time when I could buy that chubby console and smuggle it into the house. Um, my parents were not very keen on us spending too much time gaming, so I figured if my parents asked about it when they were back home, I'd Jedi mind trick them and tell them we've had this thing for a while. I'm sure that would have worked. Anyways, I bought it on my way to work, so I had to bring the PS3 into work with me, but it was Friday, so I would have had the whole weekend to game. I kept it at my desk right next to me, looking at it and daydreaming about sitting at home in my basement with just me and my beautiful new console. When I finally got home and opened the door, I was stunned. There were people and food and drinks everywhere. Apparently, when your parents leave, you throw a house party, which is what my older brother did. I wasn't going to let this stop my night's plans, though. I said my hellos quickly, ducked into the basement, and set up my new console. The symphonic tones of my PS3 startup filled the room, and I was in another plane of existence. I started playing MGS4, and all of the debauchery surrounding me disappeared. It was just me and this grizzled old man in his skin-tight camo outfit. <laughs> Sat there for hours, the party went on around me. Nothing could get me up from the couch Not even the one guy who was passed out in the bathroom blocking the door from the inside. Uh, every now and then I would notice my brother and some of his friends just watching Old Snake's perfectly sculpted backside as he did the strangest, borderline, inappropriate crawl across the war zone. It was incredible every now and then I think about that night and that crawl and smile. P.S. That's shout out to Tom middle name rondolfo marks who recommended whose game seeing my cute wife laugh maniacally as she terrorized a child was both God, i love awesome. i love
1: all the guesses for tom tom marks middle name rondolfo is probably the best Rundolfo one so far
0: is great um and just to wrap it up we have also a that one thing which i'm going up as i wait for time here we go uh this one comes in from jay who wrote in you at com with your that one thing which is essentially the one thing in a video game that you love that stick with, stuck with you and made it one of your favorite whether it's a video game like gameplay moment a uh, visual thing audio thing whatever it may be right into beyond com with this as well uh, Jay said that one thing has been one of my favorite newer segments on the show and I think something that stuck with me really qualifies anyway 2013 was a great year between the last of mm. us GTA 5 and of course Bioshock Infinite this was my first Bioshock game but I absolutely loved it. One of the things I loved about the game is that Elizabeth would search the environment with you and toss items at you.
2: Whenever she, would find
0: <laughs> whenever she would find coins, there would be a sharp ring and the coin would reflect beautifully in the sunlight as she tossed it, especially in the remaster. The animation, sound, and visual effect made it so that after 40 hours of being tossed coins, I still wouldn't tire up. Thank you so much for reading this and beyond. And yeah, I remember that was sort of a meme thing of like, book or catch, and that would just constantly interrupt you, but I'm glad someone found joy in that moment.
1: We uh we shot a video with Courtney Taylor who voiced Elizabeth in Bioshock where we did the book or Catch thing and like, we we fluck her coins and like it was awesome. Um, so do, do you guys do you guys remember like the the dev breakdown of of that game about how uh, they clocked the speed that Elizabeth would have to be running at like forty miles an hour because yeah. she's always basically like ahead of you or trailing you, but you're playing like a a fast paced first person shooter and so like characters in (laughs) fps games basically run at like 30 miles an hour so elizabeth (laughs) is just constantly like
2: (laughs) which i love i love that so much that's such a wonderful like intersection of like games are art but also games are game and it's like we're like yeah here's like a you know here a a weird dissection of like american america and racism and and you know dystopia but also like you're eating a pineapple out of the garbage can. Why not? <laughs> or the toilet. I always
0: love uh, John Ryan's story from when he went to go to Ben team about Days Gone. Here's our beautifully realized version of the Pacific Northwest, but also to make your motorcycle work, we had to invisibly erase half of a car, put it on top of your motorcycle, which is secretly a car, and let you ride that. <laughs> and it just, like, the funny tricks that have to happen to make games work sometimes is incredible. And thank you for sharing why that moment meant so much to you, Jay. And, of course, if you have a That One Thing, remember memory come comment reading those of the week. Uh, but I think that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Is there anything you guys have been working on coming out this week that you want to promote? I know you guys both mentioned the um, Animal Crossing and Bloodborne what they have in common video last week, which is live now, correct?
1: Yep, yep. Um, we're doing a... Uh... We're doing a new show tomorrow with the IGN entertainment team. Uh, It's basically like a a watch from home party where you can watch a movie along with us. You'll have to rent it, but uh, it's the Invisible Man and we'll have the director coming on and we're doing a full two hour watch uh, watch through uh, with commentary and everything like that. Um, and the other thing is, uh, I shot a conversation with Jeremy today. We put up the video, we're putting up the video tomorrow, I think, uh, just sort of about how our buying habits have changed during the COVID quarantine, um, how physical collectors may have to go digital for a little while or wait it out. And just, you know, sort of like what physical video game sales, uh, could mean and could be impacted by everything that's happening right now. And in much brighter news, uh, Max and I are working on bringing back up at noon in some capacity because the world needs some idiot nonsense right now. And so hopefully we get to do that very soon.
2: Yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have the updates on that whenever we get the uh, details on when it's happening, but it's going to be just like it used to be live hour long unscripted as hell. And us probably just playing with our dolls in real time and getting getting (laughs) silly getting silly. Uh I also shot a little unboxing um McFarland Toys sent me a bunch of Mortal Kombat and Spawn action figures as well as this Bitch in Skyrim draft. Um but I just, you know, <laughs> shot a little video in my basement where in which I play, w- play with some dolls. So I will Perfect. get that up soon, but keep an eye out.
0: Awesome. Uh and then for me going up this Thursday you can read my review the first Control DLC expansion the I reviewed the original base game and I'm now uh, on tap for the DLC I can mention in a preview version the first like opening mission or so and I really like it and if you liked control, you'll like what I've played so far of the DLC but stay tuned for my full review. Um, but yeah, other than that, obviously we're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.IGN.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, whatever podcast services you listen to us on. Please rate, subscribe, review, whatever. It always helps the show out, uh, whatever you can do on all those services. And we hope you've been enjoying the show. Remember, please play Infamous Second Son. We'll be discussing it sort of as this month wraps up as the new month begins uh, and sort of looking back at PS4 exclusives. Let us know what PS4 exclusive you next want us to jump into. We have a few in mind, but always open to suggestions. And otherwise, thank you so much, Brian and Max, for joining me for this episode. Thank you to Red, our producer, for this episode. And thank you to everyone listening. And we hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And as always, beyond.
2: Pony. Come on Pony. and ride it. P-p-p-pony. <laughs>